Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of RJ's Pit Stop. That race right there, that is why I consider the night race at Bristol to be one of the crown jewel races for the Cup Series. I've talked about it, I've said this, I think NASCAR should adopt some type of majors, if you will, uh, like golf, like tennis. I would really like to see it. Um, I think my four majors would be the Daytona 500, the Coke 600, the Southern 500, and then not Indy, the night race at Bristol, actually. I think this is one of this is one of the crown jewel races, in my opinion. Um, I think this race just means more to the drivers than Indianapolis does now, honestly. I think Indianapolis completely lost its luster. But anyway, this is why I think it's a crown jewel race. That was very... Very entertaining. From the moment they dropped the green flag in front of 30,000 people, no less. Come on. That's that's big. Let's start there. 30,000 people in attendance for a live sporting event. Love to see it. We're getting back to normal. Sure, sure you know, slowly but surely, but takes time. Anyway, Kevin Harvick. I don't know. I mean, this is... This is his ninth win now, and I don't really know what else I can say. Um, I come on here, and I think I talk about Kevin Harvick every single week because I think he wins just about every week. I think, what was the graphic I saw? I think he's won five out of the last nine races. I don't know what you guys want me to tell you at this point. Kevin Harvick is unbeatable right now. That team, everything is just perfect. For that number four car right now. They are just absolutely firing on all cylinders. And if they continue to fire on all cylinders for the next seven weeks, it'll be a slam dunk runaway championship race in Phoenix come November. Um, Kevin Harvick is one of the 15 greatest NASCAR drivers of all time. I haven't actually sat down and thought about where I would put him, but... He just keeps piling these numbers up, and man, at some point, we're going to have to recognize true just how great he truly is. Now, obviously, for you know the last, I don't know, five or six years, it's been him and Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex. They've all been, you know, the big four. Kevin Harvick is, he's just, he's a constant. Almost. Like, you never know week to week, you know, this guy might be good, this guy might be good, but you know Kevin Harvick is going to run well everywhere you go unless there's some kind of mechanical failure. This guy is having an impeccable, I mean just amazing season. There's really not much more I can say. He has nine wins. I did not see anybody doing anything like that this year, I'll be honest. I did not think... I thought we were going to have a little more parity. I did not see anybody with nine wins. Kevin Harvick has proven me and a lot of other people wrong because he's just out here dominating right now. And good for him. I really like him. I like his attitude. I think Kevin Harvick is a great ambassador for the sport of NASCAR. Now, there's another driver out there that I don't believe is a great ambassador for the sport of NASCAR, and he happens to be the defending champion, and that's Kyle Busch. And I will say, 
he did handle the post-race interview very well because that finish between Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch for the last, I don't know, 50 laps or whatever it was, where they're going back and forth and there's lap cars getting in the way and this and that, I was expecting Kyle Busch to get out of the car and just absolutely throw a temper tantrum. The fact that he didn't, he kind of took the high road. He just kind of said, yeah, we just didn't have enough. I thought for sure he was going to throw Joey Logano under the bus for holding him up or Joey Gase or whoever some of these other random lap cars were. I figured he would make excuses and try to blame them for him not winning that race. But here's my th I, I, saying that. I think he handled the post-race interview very well. I was very shocked by that. But let's not forget who Kyle Busch is. He reminded all of us during that race who exactly he is. He gets pissed off because Daniel Suarez held him up on pit road. Listen, I've never tried to pit a cup car. I, I've never done it. But it seems like doing a pit stop would be the hardest part about racing. Um, out there on the track, you know, it, it's racing. But when you have to maintain a certain speed limit and get into this tiny little box and make sure you don't hit the car behind you or the car in front of you, make sure you don't get too close to the wall so your tire changers have enough room. I just think there's so much going on. Um he bitches at Daniel Suarez uh, because Suarez is hanging out a little bit in the pit stall in front of him. So Kyle Busch can't pull out smoothly. He has to back up and then go around Daniel Suarez, and it costs him some time. I don't know what to tell If you don't think that Kyle Busch is the biggest crybaby in the garage, I don't know what to tell you. He's very talented. He might be the most talented driver in the garage, but he is also the biggest crybaby, and that is not debatable. This guy, I am really tired of his ass. So I really wish he would have got eliminated tonight. That obviously was not the case. But my guy, Ryan Blaney, was one of the four drivers eliminated tonight. Um, I did not see this coming. A couple weeks ago, I, I told y'all he was going to be in the Final Four at Phoenix. That team has been so solid, so consistent, just week after week after week, top fives, top tens, stage points, leading laps, just they're good. They're very, very good. They don't have a ton of wins to show for it. I think they only have the one, unless I'm forgetting one, but no, I think it's just the one. But they're just so consistent. And then the playoffs started. And listen, I live in Tampa. I could, you know relate this to, you know, what the Tampa Bay Lightning did last year, how they were the best regular season team and got swept in the first round. We could relate it to, you know, hell, the Tampa Bay Rays. I think it was 2010, 2011, something like that. They had the best record in the American League, I think, or they won like 90-something games, lost in the ALDS to the Texas Rangers. That is kind of what Ryan Blaney did this year, um, and it's not his fault. It started off before they ever ran a single lap in the playoffs. He lost 10 points, got his crew, his crew chief got suspended and had to start at the back for the first race for some stupid stuff that should should 100% have been avoided. Um, just they got off on the wrong foot 
And I think this year has really shown, these, these first three weeks of the playoffs have really shown that momentum is real. Momentum is not some, you know, cliche thing that, you know, people on TV like to talk about. Yeah, they do sometimes, but it's a real thing. Austin Dillon has not showed anybody, especially not me, anything this season that says he is worthy of advancing past the first round of the playoffs. But coming into tonight at Bristol, he had finished top five in both of the first two races and was pretty safe to move on. And he did. He moved on. And he's going to be in the next round of the playoffs because that team is hot and they've got the momentum. On the opposite end of that, when you don't have the momentum, when you lose it and you just have all the bad luck, like Ryan Blaney and like Matt Benedetto did, when you have the bad luck and you just can't shake it, it's tough. It just sucks. It's it's awful timing to get the bad luck, but man, it sucks. So like I said, Ryan Blaney, Matt Benedetto, also William Byron and Cole Custer eliminated from the playoffs. Not shocked about Cole Custer. I think everybody probably had Cole Custer getting eliminated first round. If you didn't, you're overthinking it. He was he he wasn't gonna advance. Let's you know, let's keep it real here. I was very entertained this whole race. I thought this whole race was fun. Um it was great having thirty thousand people, having an in-person national anthem by an actual artist. I like the military stuff, you know, when they get some general to sing the national anthem. That's cool. I get it. It's special. It's meaningful. But at a certain point, can we get like a, you know, a music star to come sing it? Like, especially Night Race at Bristol. I said it's a crown jewel race. Like, you know, get someone. And uh, so having a professional singer do the anthem, badass flyover, 30,000 people in the stands. I was very interested in this race. Um, I love it. Having Bristol as an elimination race in the playoffs, that is absolute money. It is box office. It is can't miss. It is whatever you want to call it. It is beautiful. That was that was great. Um, that is one thing I have to give NASCAR credit for this year. The elimination races for the playoffs. I mean, tonight was the night race at Bristol. The next... The next round, the elimination race is the Roval, which is crazy. And then the final final round before the championship race, the elimination race is Martinsville. Another short track, a lot of beating and banging. It's going to be crazy. NASCAR has really done a good job of setting it up so those final elimination races are can't miss. I appreciate it. I love it. I enjoy it. I did mention, speaking of, you know, these next upcoming rounds, this next round, Las Vegas, Talladega, and then the Roval at Charlotte. This first round was great because it was three night races, two short tracks, um, iconic stuff. Two of the crown jewel races, in my opinion. This is this This first round was really good. This next round... I, I really think it's going to be chaos. And obviously, it's going to be chaos because of Talladega and the Roval. But let's not sleep on next Sunday's race at Las Vegas. You do not want to go into Talladega with your fate still undecided. 
And you definitely don't want to go into the Roval, an elimination race, with your fate still undecided. Las Vegas, there is a ton of pressure on those drivers this upcoming Sunday. Um, you, If you can win that race, go ahead and lock yourself into the next round, and then you don't even have to worry about Talladega or the Roval. That is such an advantage, and I think everybody is going to be doing whatever it takes to try to win Vegas. I think it's going to be a great race. It's a Sunday night. I'm not sure why. Monday's not a holiday. I've, I've, I'm really confused by that. Um, but I'll take it. Another night race, that'll be, I think, the fifth in a row, right? Something like that. Daytona, first three races, this would be five. Yeah, five straight night races? I'll take that. Are you kidding me? I love it. Um, so, yeah, overall, Kevin Harvick now has nine wins on the season. I've said it once. I'll say it a million times. Go ahead and put him in the championship race. We know with all the bonus points he has, he's going to literally need like three DNFs in a round to get eliminated, honestly. Um, he has so many playoff points. He's just going to sleepwalk right to the championship race, and I think he'll probably win it. So Kevin Harvick is unstoppable with his nine wins. The night race at Bristol delivers. That was, a, that was like a little four or five-year stretch where Bristol wasn't very good. It's good again. Uh, the last couple years have been really good at Bristol. I I love it. I love it. Bristol is one of the most important tracks on the schedule, in my opinion. Um, so the fact that this race is good again, honestly, um, that's big for NASCAR, and I love that. So, yep, Harvick, unbeatable. Bristol, unbeatable. Uh, this next round of the playoffs, I can't wait. I think this is going to be crazy. I think this is also where Austin Dillon's luck runs out. At least my fingers are crossed. So, But we'll see. Next weekend, Las Vegas, Sunday night. Let's see how that goes. I'll see y'all later. The next day. Well, that didn't take long to come back, huh? Usually we do these pit stops, you know, after every race. But what, what just happened? Literally, what just happened to the NASCAR landscape? Um... We're back. Um, this is huge. Uh, the silly season always has its twists and turns, but this one right here, I've heard rumors about it. Um, and if you, if you follow the sport, the rumors have been out there. But man, I, I really thought they were just rumors. Michael Jordan, the GOAT, the greatest basketball player. Hold on. The greatest athlete of all time, is going to be a NASCAR team owner. I don't really know what to say to that. Um, wow. Michael Jordan. Huge NASCAR fan, by the way. This isn't like some fluke, just random deal. Michael Jordan has grown up a huge NASCAR fan. He follows it very closely. And he happens to be really close friends with Denny Hamlin, whom he's partnering with to start this team. Of course, Bubba Wallace is the driver. I think this is a great opportunity for Bubba Wallace. I hated the fact that he was going to be leaving Richard Petty Motorsports because I don't know what the future is going to hold for the king, Richard Petty. For, for Bubba Wallace... This is an absolute no-brainer. This is a slam dunk. The greatest... <laughs> didn't even mean to say that. 
It is a slam dunk. Um, the greatest American athlete of all time, Michael Jordan, wants you to be on his team and come drive his race car. Yes, I'm saying yes to Michael Jordan. That's that's happening. Great for Bubba. Oh my God. I I really didn't know where this, you know, this whole deal was gonna go. There was rumors about him going to Ganassi. We'll get to that in a minute. The rumors about him going to Hendrick, I never really bought in on it. I gotta be honest with you. Hendrick Motorsports is the cream of the crop. They are the Dallas Cowboys. They are the New York Yankees. They are the Los Angeles Lakers. Hendrick Motorsports, I, I like Bubba a lot, but Hendrick Motorsports can't be going out and signing, you know, a guy who's sitting like 23rd in points right now. That's not what Hendrick Motorsports does. They are the cream of the crop. They are the all-star team. I never envisioned Bubba Wallace driving the 48 car at Hendrick Motorsports. Now, it was an open ride, and Bubba needed a ride, so you never know. 2020's been crazy, but I never really saw that as a fit, and obviously it wasn't. What a move. Um, Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin are coming together and starting a team, and Bubba Wallace is going to be their driver. If I would have told you that the day before the Daytona 500 this year, you probably would have thought I was on crack. You would have put me in a crazy house. Like, that is, it's not a total shock because of the rumors. You know, rumors leak out all the time. And these rumors have been there the last couple weeks. But when I saw the official announcement, matter of fact, it was a fellow GM for hire, uh, Matt Perry, that sent it to me and showed that Bleacher Report tweeted it and they're about, you know, they're pretty official. I was, I was very, very shocked. I could not contain it. I was like, this is one of the biggest, this, in my opinion, is the biggest how do you say, like, landscape-altering move since Dale Earnhardt Jr. left DEI for Hendrick Motorsports in 2007 uh, when he announced that he was going to be going to Hendrick in 08. There hasn't been a move that has been more seismic. Is that the right word? Like, I don't know. There has not been a move that has just absolutely shocked everybody and been like, wait, whoa, wait a minute, hold up. This is unreal. Now, since these rumors have been out, I've done some thinking about this. Because this is a possibility that this could have happened, I have thought about it. And I'm only 24 years old. I really don't remember when Dale Earnhardt Sr. started DEI and was still driving for Richard Childress. I don't really remember that. And since then, this has not happened. And now next year, we are going to be presented with Denny Hamlin owning a race team, but driving for a different team. Now, when Tony Stewart started his team in 2009, yeah, 2009, when Tony Stewart started Stewart Haas Racing, he drove for his own team. And that's old school. That's the way they used to do it back in the day anyway. But this is something that I think 
we've only seen with Dale Sr. when he started DEI but was driving for RCR. What is this? I would really love to see a statement. Well, I just read a statement, actually, from NASCAR um, that talks more about Michael Jordan and wishing the new team well. But how does that work as far as like a conflict of interest with Denny Hamlin? He's driving for Joe Gibbs Racing, but he owns another car. And so, what is that? How, what is the dynamic there? I really want to hear from NASCAR on this. I'm really, I'm really, really curious, honestly. Um, again, I, I wasn't old enough. I don't really remember much of DEI. What I do remember about DEI came after Dale Sr. passed. Um, I, I, I'm very interested to hear what NASCAR has to say from a competition standpoint. What is that? What If Denny Hamlin... <laughs> I mean, he's a racer. I'm not saying he's going to pull over and let Bubba win a race. But, like, I just wonder the conflict of interest there between, you know, your driving duties with Joe Gibbs Racing, but now you are an owner for your own team, and now you have ownership duties for Bubba's car. I really wonder a couple things. What that dynamic looks like, how is NASCAR, how do, what is that? What, how do you handle that if you're NASCAR? And also, how does Denny Hamlin handle this? Next year, don't be surprised if Denny Hamlin is a little off. Uh, he's going to have a lot more on his plate now. Um, I don't think, I mean, this year he's, you know, right there with Kevin Harvick as a championship favorite. Next year, you still have to go out there and drive, you know, for Joe Gibbs. But now you are a team owner. You are doing something that you have never done before, and you're not even starting in the truck series or the Bush series like Kyle Bush and Dale Jr. have done. Um, you are just going straight to the Cup series. You're saying, screw it, let's go Cup racing. It's like, wait a minute. You are going to have a lot on your plate. Don't be surprised if Denny's a little off next year. I really can't get over this. I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this even happening, honestly. Um, so, LeBron, you're up. What are you going to do? You've been trying to catch the GOAT for years. The GOAT comes and starts a NASCAR team. LeBron, what's up? You going to start a NASCAR team? Doubt it. Probably wouldn't be as good as Jordan's. Um, I hope Bubba is number 23. That's, you know, come on. What are we... I'm very interested to see what this car is going to look like now. I'm care I care a lot about shit that doesn't even matter. They got to be number 23. Are they going to be sponsored by Hanes? Can we put the Charlotte Hornets on the car? Are we just going to have the Jumpman logo on the hood? What's the relationship with FedEx? Do they only sponsor Denny's Joe Gibbs car? They don't like Denny's own car? What's up with that? Like the sponsorship deal, that's very intriguing to me. Um, with, yeah, the Jordan brand, what about Haynes, the Charlotte Hornets, like, I don't know, I'm interested to see all that. Wow, man, I did not think I was going to be, uh, ma making this, uh, pit stop a double episode, but, uh, wow, when something like that happens, and listen, that was just the nightcap, I'm sorry, during the middle of the afternoon, late afternoon, NASCAR also announced 
we are going to be adding a new road course to the schedule next year, and it is the Circuit of Americas around Austin, Texas. I looked at the layout of the track. I'll be honest, I've never watched a race there. They run a lot of F1 races, and I think they run some IndyCar races, and that's not my cup of tea. So I've never watched a race at the Circuit of Americas. As soon as I get done filming this, I'm going to go on YouTube, and I'm going to watch a race from the Circuit of Americas because I'm very interested to see it. Um, I'm all for it. You're going to be having a NASCAR race in Austin, Texas. That's a big city. They took a points-paying race date away from Texas Motor Speedway to give it to Circuit of Americas. And I like that because Texas Motor Speedway is not, not too swift. We've already got Charlotte. We've already got Atlanta. We've already got Kansas. We already have Vegas. We already have all these cookie-cutter mile-and-a-halves. We really don't need Texas. But lo and behold, instead of just making a great move... They had to make a great move, but then also screw it up. They moved the all-star race next year to Texas, Motor Speedway. Now, let me say this. I am all for moving the all-star race around. I said that earlier. Go back and watch uh, one of my earlier videos. I talked about how I think they should move the all-star race around. I think it's a good idea, honestly. Um... I think, but I think it should only be given to a handful of tracks. I think Charlotte, I think Atlanta, I think Darlington, Bristol, Martinsville. I think they should stay close to home, home, and I think it should be a fun racetrack. Texas, geographically, is not very close to Charlotte, North Carolina, and it's another boring cookie-cutter mile and a half that does not produce a lot of good racing. Next year's All-Star Race is going to be a snooze fest. I don't know why they're doing that. Just leave it in Charlotte or give it to Martinsville or let's give it to Atlanta since they only have one race date anyway and we're screwing Atlanta. Let's at least give them the all-star race or something. Um, same with Darlington. Darlington still only has one race. Uh, let's give it to Darlington. Come on. Let's, let's you know, help these old tracks out. I like it. Texas does not need more than one race. Um, they do only have one points race next year, but they're getting the all-star race. The all-star race does not need to be there. The Circuit of America's being in Texas, I'm a fan. Um, now, again, I have not watched a single lap on that racetrack, but I Googled what the layout of the track is. There's long straightaways, and there's sharp corners. I think it's going to be a very, very fun race. Um, I'm actually really excited to look this up. Um, wow. They're also moving the All-Star Race, so it will not be in its traditional May spot where it's the week before the Coke 600, which... If it's not going to be in Charlotte, it doesn't really need to be the week before the Coke 600. Really, the All-Star Race should be in the middle point of the season. So maybe run the All-Star Race like the week before, well, it's not the race at Daytona anymore at 4th of July. Whatever they're going to run on the 4th of July, probably Indy again. So run Texas, you know, in July, the halfway point, the All-Star Race at least. Um... That's interesting. They're going to move the date of the All-Star Race. Moving it to Texas, not a great idea. But, again, I mentioned the MJ News was the nightcap. The Texas News was the late afternoon, you know, your late lunch. But rise and shine, breakfast this morning, Ross Chastain is going to be in the 42 car next year for Chip Ganassi Racing. And thank God, he should have already been in this car. When Kyle Larson slipped up, and ended up getting fired. 
Ross Chastain should have been put in that race car. I understand this was all part of the plan. Make him wait. Make him just run his full Bush Series schedule this year and come up into the 42 car next year. I don't buy that. They literally wasted a year of the 42 car getting old-ass Matt Kenseth off his couch and putting him in that car. No disrespect to Matt Kenseth. He's a Hall of Famer. But there was no reason for Matt Kenseth to be in the number 42 car. There just wasn't. Ross Chastain should have been in it. Obviously, he would have missed the first couple races of the season and would have been behind in points. But if you follow the truck series last year, he was behind in points, came through there. Obviously, you don't you don't have to tell me that the truck series is different than the cup series. I understand. But still, I think it would have been valuable seat time for Ross Chastain this season, get some reps in a good cup car, and also, for Chip Ganassi, see what you got. Like, you know, I like Ross Chastain. I think the guy's a great driver. I think he's going to do very well in the 42. I do think this is a guy that can go win races. I really do. Um, the 42 car, when Kyle Larson was in it, was not far off. It really wasn't. That was a championship contending car. You put Ross Chastain in it, Ross Chastain is hungry. Very hungry. And I think he will do good. Now... With Bubba going to Denny Hamlin Racing, I don't even know. That's another thing. Is that what it's going to be called, Denny Hamlin Racing? Are we just not going to put Michael Jordan's name in the team? Yeah, right. He's the GOAT. Anyway, with the Bubba news and with um, Chastain going to Ganassi, I think it's obvious now. Kyle Larson will be in the 48 car at Hendrick Motorsports next year. Unless Clint Boyer decides to retire and go up into the broadcast booth with Jeff Gordon and Mike Joy, then I think Kyle Larson would be in the 14. But if Clint Boyer comes back next year for Stuart Haas Racing, Kyle Larson is going to be in the 48 car at Hendrick Motorsports. And I know some of y'all, I mean, it's easy, you know, hindsight's 2020. I was saying this. As soon as we found out that this was going to be Jimmy Johnson's last season, I was saying, hey, that's Kyle Larson's ride. Kyle Larson at Hendrick Motorsports, done deal, slam dunk, that's obvious. My only concern was Rick Hendrick is a very, very smart businessman. His drivers are investments. Kyle Larson does all that dirt racing on the side. He cannot get hurt. We cannot take the chance of... Mr. H's investment getting hurt in a non-NASCAR-sanctioned event. Now, none of this is final. Eric Jones could still end up in the 48. I hope he doesn't. I hope it's Larson. Um, that's just me speculating. But the news today, oh my goodness. I'm so happy for the Melon Man, Ross Chastain, deservedly getting the number 42 car. I'm excited to see the Circuit of Americas on the Cup Series. I think it'll be interesting. This 2021 schedule, by the way, when it drops, we already know we're going to Nashville and we're going to have a road course in Texas. This schedule is going to be very interesting. I, I really can't wait to see this schedule. So uh, I do think it's a bad move moving the All-Star Race to Texas Motor Speedway. That track kind of sucks. But Michael Jordan. NASCAR team owner. That's how crazy 2020 is, everybody. If you think you saw it all, if you think 2020 couldn't get any crazier, Michael Jordan 
is going to own a NASCAR Cup Series team. I love it. I'll see you guys next week.